Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn both staying. Let's talk about it with Colton Pouncey from The Athletic. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. First day of February, everybody. Welcome in. Matt Derry with you. It is Locked On Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day on a Thursday, February 1st, and a Friday, February 2nd. Thanks for making us your first listen, checking us out wherever you get your podcasts. That includes on our Locked On Lions YouTube channel, where now we are over 10,000 subscribers. Locked On Lions brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free. At LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. A lot of news to get to with our guest today. Colton Pouncey is with us from TheAthletic.com. Always love reading his stuff. Please subscribe so you get Colton's Lions news and just longer form, really good pieces. That's not just the usual game recaps, and he's with us today. What's up, Colton? Not much, man. Thanks for having me on. Good to see you, my friend. How would you uh, how would you characterize? What was this year two for you on the beat? How was it? It was a lot of fun, man. Uh, you know, when you get to kind of document a season like the Lions just had and so many firsts for a lot of people, like some Lions fans weren't born the last time they won a playoff game or won a division. And to kind of be able to follow that along and kind of write those stories along the way was a lot of fun. Was there a favorite story you wrote this year? Was there something you were like the most proud of or that you liked uh, liked covering this year? Yeah, honestly, it was one of the first stories I wrote um, at the beginning of the season, actually before that first game. Um, I had spent like a month talking to people behind the scenes about uh, Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes and their relationship, just because I was curious. You know, we hear a lot from those two, but um, not a lot of ton of people behind the scenes about what it's actually like. And just kind of digging into that process was a lot of cool, a lot of fun. It was really cool to kind of listen to different perspectives on those two and kind of why it works. I think a lot of people kind of question like, wait a minute, these guys were, you know, well, it's not like Brad Holmes hired Dan Campbell. They were kind of hired at the same time. So uh, I was curious, like, why it works behind the scenes and, and got some pretty good answers out of it. So that story was a lot of fun to do. I don't want to spend too much time on Sunday. Uh, I think the fans don't want to hear much about it, but we, we got to have you talk about it. Let, let, let me ask you this. Be honest with me. At halftime, were you scrolling flights? Were you looking online thinking, thinking I'm going to be in Vegas in two weeks? I'll tell you what, uh, the entire Lions beat booked their tickets the morning of the game just because you want to beat the rush just in case. Okay. But right. I, I'll say this. I was feeling good at halftime. I'm like, all right, I don't have to cancel this. You know, the 24-hour window you have? Yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to be able to keep this flight and have to look for a hotel in Vegas. Um, but uh, took a turn there, and and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, what were you flying? Delta? Southwest? What, what, what do we have lined Lights? up? I had a Delta flight going out um, nonstop, and then – on the way back, I had to take a, I was going to take a red eye, like Monday night, get back like sometime Tuesday morning. And all that was still like $1,100. Oh, my. So oh yeah. They're, they're pretty, pretty expensive out there. Yeah. I, I bet. Yeah. And you'd have no problem finding a hotel. Let's be honest. Uh, when we're yeah. talking, going to Las Vegas. All right. So I'm sure people stop you all the time and they've been asking you the last few days, but why, why didn't this team get over the hump. What, what, what caused, you know, every there, there's the Dan Campbell angle. There's the players angle. There's the Josh Reynolds angle. There's everything. But what do you think is the biggest reason why they're not in this game uh, in two weeks? 
I think it came down to second half execution. Um, I really don't have a ton of issues with some of the coaching decisions in the second half that a lot of people are mad at. To me, it's like catch the ball on that fourth down. You probably get a either either an easier field goal um, out of that possession or maybe even a, a touchdown. You might be in Vegas in a couple of weeks. Um, if Gibbs doesn't fumble, and honestly, he might have – that might have been a weird play. It's, it looked like they were going a different direction than yeah. what they intended. So if you don't have that mix up and Gibbs doesn't fumble – um, the 49ers don't score as quickly as they do. Maybe you can, you know, keep them off the off the scoreboard there. Um, and some other just uncharacteristic miscues from this Lions offense and defense. You know, I mean, like a lot of the stuff in this game that I was watching in the second half did not remind me of the team I watched during the regular season. And so um, maybe the moment was too big for them. You know, that that's a young team. They're the fifth youngest team in the NFL. Um, but to me, it was just a lot of execution errors in, in that second half that um, they didn't do enough to win down the stretch. Colton Pouncey with us from The Athletic covers the Lions, of course, second year on the beat. What was it like inside the stadium, inside that press box? Could you kind of get a sense that, oh, gosh, things are things are turning? Yeah, you could tell because people in the 49ers press box were cheering, like 49ers people, which you're, everyone knows you're not supposed to do up there. Uh, <laughs> so that was kind of weird. What is this, Ann Arbor? Jeez. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, but th- there's a lot of that up there. So, like, in the first half, like, you're sitting up there, and it's pretty quiet. Like the the crowd was kind of out of it, out of it at that point. Obviously, twenty four seven. That home crowd did not expect a game like that early on. Um, and then you felt some of the momentum going back their way in the second half, and um, you knew it was going to be a battle going to the fourth quarter. And it was you know who's going to make the the fewest mistakes in that quarter, and who's going to execute when they need to. And um, that ended up being the 49ers, and they end up advancing. So wait, so. So does someone, because there's a press box, I hope for fans that don't know, there's a press box PA announcer, and then there's the public address announcer inside the stadium. Did somebody in press box PA say something like, hey, enough of this, like stop? Or Yeah, I don't know who exactly was cheering. I, I, I know it was someone from the 49ers. I don't know if it was, you know, journalists or if it was just like, you know, communications people in the back. Yeah, uh, but I look. I remember turning around and seeing people cheering. I'm like, "What is happening? This is the loudest press <laughs> box I've ever worked in." And then the PA announcer said, "Just a reminder: there's no cheering in the press box." All right, <laughs> all right. Like a minute later, so at least at least they said it. At least yeah. they said it. Um, interesting game from 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 Sunday because rarely, you know, there was Aiden Hutchinson's second lowest PFF grade of the year. No tackles in the game. Um, you know, as far as the defense goes, let's start there. What 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 disappointed you? Was it the lack of pressure? Was it letting Purdy get loose? Um, you know, obviously, you know, ball hits off of Vildor's face mask. It was that kind of last few weeks for the cornerbacks. But what did yep. you see as the biggest reason defensively that they couldn't get couldn't get it done? Yeah, I mean, the Gibbs fumble definitely put them in a bad spot. Um, I'd put that more in the offense than the defense. You know, give them yeah. a short field to work with. Um, but we knew this defense was kind of being held together with duct tape, right? Like it was never going to be a, a defensive juggernaut. You know, it's not the Ravens defense. You kind of have to piece it together and get the stops when you when you can, I guess, and and try to try to work through it. But um, yeah, the Vildor play, you got to catch that man. You got to it's off your face mask and bow. I know it's a fluke play. Ayuk comes down with it, ends up being a fifty yard gain. But you were right in position, just make the play. You know, I think that's a lot of that comes back to execution. Um, you know, there's some some other missed tackles in the game that like that was probably the most missed tackles they've had all season in a game like that. They just didn't wrap up um, kind of uncharacteristic from them. And you can't have that in a title game when you're trying to get to a Super Bowl. You have to make those plays and, and they just didn't. We're going to get to Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn coming back in a second. But as far as Ben goes, do you think he got too cute in this game in terms of 
Hey, they only ran the ball eight times in the second half. I know their possessions weren't as uh, lengthy in the second half. Uh, The Reynolds drop, a few other things. But, uh, you know, would you say this was a a B-minus game for Ben? How how do you look at it? Because early on, when they were just running the ball and keeping it simple, it was working. You know, it's 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 funny. Like I almost would say that, but it's hard to say that against a 49ers defense that had given up 17.5 in the regular season. You put up 31 against them in in an NFC title game. It's hard to call that a B minus performance, but I did yeah. think he got away from a lot of stuff that was working. And this 49ers defense could not stop the run game. And they kind of went away from that in the second half. And um, you know, when you're having these short possessions and you're throwing and you know, people are dropping passes as they are in, the, in that game. Um you're, you're getting off the field and you're giving the 49ers more opportunities to kind of strike you and strike back. So I definitely think they got away from what was working in the first half. And maybe that was Ben Johnson trying to say, Hey, they're going to adjust for the run in the second half. So we're going to have to come out and throw it more in the second. So I understand if that's the reason a little bit, but to go away from it that long probably did them in a little bit as they're trying to, you know, hold off the 49ers. Certainly nationally, people that have not seen the Lions a lot this year were, were aghast by the Dan Campbell decision-making. How much defending of him have you had to do the, the last three days? I tried to keep quiet after the game because it was, one, I was working on my story, and two, I was like, this is just not worth my time right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Stay off your still, Twitter. Yeah, but there was a lot of it, man. And I just, to me, that told me, like, a lot of people weren't actually watching the Lions during the regular season because he has done this all season. I think they were... 20 of 25 on fourth and three or less, um, including the playoffs up to that game. Um, so they do this when they get down in that that type of the field, that situation. Um, they'd rather put their offense on the field that is converted time and time again than a kicker that kind of struggles from that distance outside. Michael Badgley has not attempted a kick outside since 2022. The Lions don't trust him in those situations, and that's just what it is. Now, maybe that's on the front office for not getting a reliable kicker, but when you're in that moment, you got to work with what you have. And I think the Lions felt more comfortable putting a top three offense on the field in that situation and saying, go make a play like they have all season. They just didn't make the play. It happens. You try to move on and, and, you know, adjust for it. I love the fans that say Lions should have drafted a kicker. Well, wait a minute. Carlson and Moody have been brutal. And those, and those guys draft- were drafted in the third those round, fourth round. Drafted, like those are early picks, right? Two drafted kickers this year by uh, Green Bay and San Francisco. All right, uh, big news with Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn coming back. I want to ask Colton about the staff. Uh, a change looks like it's a, a, appearing as well with the D-line. All of that with uh, Mr. Pouncey from The Athletic coming up next. And we're back to talk about LinkedIn jobs at the start of the new year. Every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll make my business and take it to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn jobs knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. So if you're looking to hire somebody and it's a specific job and you're really unsure about how to do it, Get on LinkedIn and do it with LinkedIn Jobs. They are fantastic. It isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. They have all sorts of things going on, uh, qualified questions for candidates, et cetera. It's intuitive, it's quick, and it's easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockdownNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockdownNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Lions beat writer for the athletic.com. Colton Pouncey is uh, with us. Lions, of course, uh, 
Now looking toward the Senior Bowl. Tomorrow's the last day, then the game over the weekend, and now the draft and free agency. I want to get to that uh, with Colton in a second. But uh, all right, Colton, so Ben Johnson stays. Thoughts on that? Uh, you know, so many different uh, variables that are out there. People saying it was money. People saying, no, I just want to be here. What are you hearing? Um, I think there's probably probably somewhere in the middle. I think a lot of people like to say, oh, it's, he's coming back. He turned down the jobs. Well, you know, blah, blah, blah. He wants to be a lion. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, but then there's some stuff about some money issues. And I think some of that's probably also true in the right. Some usually lies in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in terms of the news that he's coming back, I think it's fantastic for the lions. I'm kind of surprised that he is back. Um, you know, when you think about back to last year, I was kind of surprised when he came back even last year, but I think you could understand it more back then because that was his first time as really this name in the public eye as a coordinator and probably could use some more seasoning. Uh, he comes back this year, takes the lines to the playoffs, puts up 31 against, you know, really good defense. I thought that would have been enough to attract him to the both remaining jobs, the Seahawks and the commanders. And always seemed like that commander's job was one that was, you know, probably lining up for him. Um, but he told them no, as they were uh, boarding the plane, it seems. And, um, going to come to Detroit and talk to him and Aaron Glenn. Um, and the band is back together for another season. So it's, it's pretty good news for the Lions. Do you think this is it? Do you think Tanner Engstrand stays, Randall L stays, Fraley? Do you think they're all coming back? Um, I think Tanner's probably the wild card here because he has interviewed for a couple OC jobs, um, the Patriots OC job, I believe, and then the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers job. Um, and, you know, a lot of teams are trying to, you know, replicate the Lions' success offensively and try to find, you know, the next Ben Johnson type of guy. And, I think Tanner, who, you know, he used to be tight ends coach. They kind of took that title away from him so he can work closer with Ben Johnson as passing game coordinator. Um, so I think a lot of teams are kind of looking at that and saying, maybe we can get some of that over here on, on our team. Um, but if not, I think the band will be back together. I think their whole, whole staff is coming back for the most part. Um, it seems like they made a defensive line addition here um, that hasn't fully been announced. But um, just the guys that are already in core, I think, you know, should be back. So Aaron Glenn does not get the commander's job. They decide to uh, push the retread button and uh, and get Dan Quinn in here, whether you like it or you don't. I have some friends in D.C. that I saw on social media weren't real happy about that. But uh, regardless, that means Aaron Glenn returns. How surprised are you with that? Not as surprised as Ben Johnson. Um, you know, I think some of the jobs he was probably better suited for, maybe like the, the Atlanta job. I think his former, you know, he has a relationship with the GM out there from um, – their time in New Orleans. Yeah. So I was looking at that as a potential gig for him, but they went with uh, Raheem Morris, which good for him. He's, he seems like a really good dude. Um, so in terms of Glenn, um, sounds like maybe next year he could probably get some more opportunities that'll come his way if the defense keeps improving like it did this year. Um, not fully there yet, but, you know, in the right direction, restopping the run and things like that. Um, so if you have another year of that, I think a lot of teams will be interested in him because when you're thinking of, of coaches that kind of command locker rooms like the Dan Campbell types um, teams are looking for that nowadays. It's like really the offensive guys and you have the leader of men type. I think Aaron Glenn kind of fits that leader of men type as a Dan Campbell disciple, you know, kind of cut from the same cloth. Um, so I think if you're looking for a guy like that, Aaron Glenn's your guy in addition to his defensive mind that's coming along here in Detroit. So um, I would look for next year, but not as surprised that he didn't get a job this time around. If you're Aaron Glenn and you're having a conversation in the hallway with Brad Holmes there on the second floor down at 222, do you think he's saying to him, get me some corners, get me an edge? What What do you think AG is telling Brad Holmes? He's probably camped outside his door every day, his <laughs> office, banging down, saying, get me a corner, please. I'm begging yeah. you. 
Yeah. Really need some, some help there. No, I don't think there's any, uh, any question about it. And, uh, you know, obviously there, there's some good ones. The kid from Toledo at the senior bowls, lighting it up. Kool-Aid McKinstry wouldn't be bad. Right. I mean, you're probably thinking corner or two in free agency and maybe even in the draft too. I mean, it's a, you know, and people have asked me and I'll ask you Cam Sutton, a lock to come back. I would say so. Right. Yeah. He's under contract and you know, they gave him a three year, $33 million deal last off season to me, even when they signed him to that contract, people kind of expected him to be the number one corner just because, you know, he's the, t- the most expensive one in the roster. Right. They gave him number two corner money. I don't know if people know that. Number one corner money is a lot more than 11 mil a year. Um, so they're paying him like a number one, but they're not like a number two, but they're expecting number one production. So I think that's where the confusion comes from. He did not play great down the stretch of the season. I fully understand that. Um, I think if you get a number one corner here, whether that's through the draft or in free agency, and you kind of kick Cam to that number two role, I think it'll be a lot more effective in this defense. Um, but we'll see if that happens. Colton, give me a percentage chance of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson coming back. Ooh. Um, I would go 40%. 40? Okay. Yeah. All right. So below. I think they like him, man. Uh, I know a lot of people are down on him for kind of waving him goodbye during the game or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but. Yeah. Me, this and, front me, office, me, me included. There you go. Uh, this front <laughs> office, just they, they're, they're comfortable with him. They know who he is. Uh, you know, Dan Campbell and, and Aaron Glenn coached him in New Orleans. So, I mean, you don't want that stuff, but I think over a course of a full season, he'll, he would prove his worth. Wasn't able to do that because he was hurt this year. But um, he's a pretty good player, and the secondary really can't afford to lose a ton of bodies back there. All right, you referenced it. Uh, John Scott is still a defensive line coach as of our recording right now, but uh, various reports have Terrell Williams, very popular from Tennessee, has Dan Campbell ties from Miami, being named uh, a run game coordinator and D-line coach, according to some reports. Uh, what do you think of this, and, and what, what do you think this would mean for Scott? Yeah, just on the surface, it seems like a really good hire. I mean, obviously there's familiarity with uh, Dan Campbell. They coached together in, in Miami um, 2015. Um, so that's, a, that's, and it seems like a well-respected defensive line coach has done great work with, uh, Jeffrey Simmons out there. Um, and it seems like the reaction at Tennessee, which tells me more, which most, it, it tells you more often than not, like what they're saying out there, whenever a coach leaves, that's how, that's how you should pay attention in my opinion. They're missing him and they're feeling that, that, uh, that loss a lot. And he's down to senior bowl right now. He's a head coach of one of the teams and that's an advantage for the Lions. They're going to get a chance to kind of pick his brain, uh, whenever he does come out and staff and sign officially, um, and I believe he actually coached um, Brad Holmes. He was Brad Holmes' defensive line coach at uh, North Carolina A&T back in the day. So, oh, wow. Some front mm-hmm. office familiarity and uh, on the coaching staff as well. And that, that's what I like. I, I, they have done – they've turned over a lot of different stones over the last couple of years to just keep improving this staff, even when there's pretty good coaches there. I mean, it's not like John Scott's a bad coach. He was there one year. Certainly the D-line could get better. Uh, some players got better under John Scott. I thought Hutchinson took the next step and same with Lee McNeil this year, but uh, Hey, if there's somebody really good out there, go get them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, you know, it's still not confirmed what's going to happen to John Scott. I mean, that is his position. So we'll see, obviously. Um, but I, I did think he did a good job with, with Aiden Hutchinson and Lee McNeil took a leap this year. So, um, you know, I think he's a good coach. If, if he's no longer in Detroit, I think he'll land on his feet, but um yeah, whenever you have a chance to get a guy that you're familiar with, you've coached with in the past, and a well-respected guy, I think you know you got to make that move. 
All right, what's next? What should this team look at, both in free agency and the draft? We touched on it a little bit. I want to get uh, Colton's thoughts on that. We'll also get him get a little Super Bowl pick as well. On this, a Thursday, a Locked On Lions. And we're also today brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the best daily fantasy sports platform out there. It's easy. It's exciting. Best way to make a little money is you're not battling thousands of other players. You're just... Having fun with player stat projections. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. For the Super Bowl, for example, you think Christian McCaffrey's going to go for more than 75 yards? Put some money down. What about Patrick Mahomes? Two More than or less than two passing touchdowns? All of those things are right there at your fingertips at Prize Picks. Testing your skills on Prize Picks this football season. It's been a very exciting way to make some money, right, folks? You can turn 10 bucks into 250 with just a few taps, and it'll make the Super Bowl, Super Bowl more watchable for you if you're having some fun with a little daily fantasy. Prize picks really simple to play. You can make your picks, submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. All you got to do is this. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Wrapping things up with Colton Pouncey from TheAthletic.com. The Athletic just made a great move, getting Andrew Marchand from The Post. I always read his uh, media stuff, so that's a nice coup for The Athletic. So check out all of their stuff. James Edwards and the crew uh, covering Pistons, too, uh, as well. Max and everybody else. We can go down the line. Colton, they got uh, some great guys on your team there at TheAthletic.com. All right. Um, all right, so what's next? I mean, obviously the Lions had sent some people down to the Senior Bowl. I think they were disappointed they're not getting ready for the Super Bowl next week, but what are your thoughts on what they're looking for and what they should be adding both in the draft and free agency? Yeah, we kind of touched on a little bit. I mean, I guess starting with their own guys, you know, Jonah Jackson's going to be free agent. I would try to resign him if you can. It depends what the money's going to look like. Um, but when you're so close to a Super Bowl and that offensive line is kind of what carried you and got you this far, I probably wouldn't try to break that up at this point and try to replace it with a cheaper option just yet. Um, I'd bring him back on a, on a, you know, a deal that works for both sides if you can, but definitely look at him, um, in terms of external freedoms and, and what they can do in the draft. I think you need a running mate for Aiden Hutchinson. Um, there's so many times this year where he's doing his job, he'll move the pocket and then the quarterback will step up because there's no one else on the other side, giving, giving him some help. So if you can get a running mate, whether it's in the draft or free agency, I would look at that. Um, hopefully one that doesn't break the bank too much. Cause you got some guys that got to resign down the road. Um, but definitely need some help at edge, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then corner, like we mentioned. Uh, I honestly think they should sign a corner and draft a corner. And if you don't do if you don't sign a corner, draft oh, two yeah. corners. You know, I think yeah. you need some depth here. Um, you know, who knows if Jerry Jacobs is back. Um, Vin, uh, Kendall, Kendall Vildor, uh, the one who had the pass go off his face mask. Uh, <laughs> don't know if he's an option to come back. Um, so you're gonna lose some depth and some body. So you gotta add multiple corners. Um Maybe they bring back Emmanuel Mosley and hope he's healthy this time on a cheap deal. You know, who knows? But um, they're definitely going to lose some guys, and you got to replenish that room for sure for Aaron Glenn and, and the sake of this defense. Gosh, I was doing a deep dive uh, the other day, and I completely forgot about Emmanuel Mosley. I, I guess that would be realistic, right? I mean, he was on a one-year anyway. You just do it again, maybe. Yeah, and he – I mean, even when he got hurt, he kind of almost became a coach in some ways. He was really close with the staff. You see him in practice on the sideline, kind of picking the brains of – the, the DB's coaches out there. So 
I would imagine he wants to come back and, and prove himself because it was really unfortunate the way he went down. He played two snaps and retore his ACL. That was really tough to see. So I hope he gets another shot out here. It's interesting. I was looking at the free agency list. We went over this yesterday on the show and five of the first five of the top seven free agents from PFF in terms of their rankings were uh, D linemen and needs for the Lions. I mean, I don't think Brad Holmes is going to break the bank and go get Chris Jones or even Matt Abike, maybe from the Ravens who could command a lot of money. That's never been Brad's style, but now that they've gotten this far, Colton, could you see an opportunity where they, they do throw out a big, big contract at somebody? That's a big question. You know, even last year, I thought it was too early for a move like that. I thought they could have used some reasonable moves and they got Cam Sutton and tried to add some other guys on cheap budgets. But this is the year. I mean, you're so close. You can taste the Super Bowl. You probably should have won that game. You should probably be playing in the Super Bowl right now. Um, and and honestly, if you get that far with the, with a bad defense, imagine what you can do with an even better defense. So, um, yeah, and, and I wouldn't just monitor free agency either. Like, I know a lot of people wanted them to trade for Jalen Ramsey. Um and like last offseason, if you can find a deal out there where you can give up a third round pick and get a veteran on a on a already under contract that a team is just kind of shedding salary, I would look at that absolutely. The Lions have two third round picks that they can use and try to get a player that's proven. Um, so I think all options are on the table this offseason. Might not be the top, top tier guys, but even that next tier, you're gonna get some some high talented players. So yeah, definitely try to add to a core that was so close to a Super Bowl. That's a good call. Um, you mentioned Jonah. What about Graham Glasgow? Kind of said, look, I, I definitely want to be here. I love it here. But he wants to get – he wants a raise. <laughs> he, uh, I think that's Don't we pretty all? Obvious, pretty <laughs> fair, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he deserves one the, the season he's had. And I know a big thing for him was coming back to Detroit. He didn't want to leave in the first place, and now he's back playing with some of his, his close friends. That almost makes me think the Lions have some leverage here because he left Detroit and it didn't really work out for him. And he wanted to come back and he took like a pay cut last year to come back and was also wasn't coming off the best season. So I think that kind of helped too. But um, if I'm the Lions, I go to him and say, look, we want you back. We'll give you a proper raise. We're not going to break the bank for you because we got some other needs, but we definitely see you as a piece for this offensive line and you can come play with your guys and try to win a Super Bowl. So I think that's the pitch. If I'm Brad Holmes to, to Graham Glasgow and try to get that deal done because he really stepped up in that second half. And yeah. um, really, once once Vitae went down, he became a mainstay on that offensive line. And, you know, again, why try to break that up when you're so close? He did leave Detroit, you're right. But uh, Bob and Matt uh, helped him. They push, pushed him out the door. Pushed him into the car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was not great. <laughs> uh, the the Kenny, I brought up the Kenny Wiggins platoon the other day. I Somebody, I think Kyle Mikey wrote about that. I said, oh, my gosh, this is just absolutely crazy but uh all right Colt, what do you think niners chiefs we got a time before the game but first glance what are you thinking yeah that was actually the super bowl prediction i had when the athletic asked us at the beginning of the season which nice it wasn't really going out much of a limb back there i mean the, the mic the, drop for you though yeah i'll take it <laughs> uh, but uh yeah i mean i'm looking at this game the 49ers i think a lot of people say their rush defense is you know hard to beat they were third in the nfl during the regular season but watch that Lions game they had a lot of success on the ground um I like the Chiefs offensive line I like their run game I think they can find success on the ground too and they've got a defense that's playing championship level and they've got a quarterback Pat Mahomes that is one of the best we've ever seen so I'm, I'm done downing that dude as much as I like this 49ers team I think they're one of the most talented top to bottom rosters in the NFL um I'm not gonna look foolish playing against Pat Mahomes anymore so <laughs> I'll pick the Chiefs I love it I love it all right Colton great to see you man thanks for uh, stopping by today Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Colton Pouncey with us from theathletic.com. Back again tomorrow with some more Senior Bowl stuff as well. 
on a Friday Locked on Lions. This has been a Thursday edition. Thanks for making us your first listen. Check us out again on our Locked on Lions YouTube channel.